Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray for a minute. Father, I just thank you, Father, for the opportunity to to share your word today. And I pray, Father, that we would be strengthened in faith. And Lord, I pray that our hearts would be drawn closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And I want to start in verse... Let's start in verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced, or fully persuaded, some translations say, that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. Say that with me, also for us. So that's for us, this is for us today. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our, excuse me, because of our offenses, and was raised because of our justification. Amen. I want to I kind of backtrack and start right from the, the beginning there. And the beginning is the Lord Jesus Christ being born into the womb of Mary. How many know the Bible says that she was of child by the Holy Spirit? Amen? Amen? That's the beginning for us. A supernatural birth, born of God, born of creation, born of the Father. Something supernatural spoke life into the natural, and a baby was born. And it wasn't born of a man or a woman, but it was born of the Holy Spirit. And Abraham was a man that had a problem. God had promised him, you're going to be the father of many nations. So shall your descendants be. But Abraham 
carrying on into his life, getting older, didn't see the promise, and all of a sudden, he's up in age, he's got gray hair, and he says, God, how is it that you let me go childless, and Eliezer, the son of Damascus, is going to take over my inheritance. Everything I've worked for in my life, everything you've given me, Father, is going to go to someone that's not of my household. Now, in, in, today, this might not be a, a, a big deal, but in the ancient cultures, everything was passed on from paternal to the firstborn son, and the inheritance came down that way. And the, not only did the inheritance and the natural things, I mean, you know, the Bible says Abraham was a rich man. He had many flocks, many sheep, many goats. This is high stock value in today's world. This is 401k. This is gold. And he had it. And all of that inheritance was going to go to someone that did, was not his son. And it's the same in the spiritual realm. The blessing of God was moving to a different family. And, God, and he said to God, you told me I was going to be the father of many nations. And this is where he found himself. And how many know that Isaac was born to Abraham and Sarah in an old age? And it was a supernatural birth that was born unto Abraham because he believed in God and didn't look at the natural circumstances. And when we look at Jesus, and when we look at the cross, and when we look at the resurrection, and we see that God did what we could not do in and of ourselves, that we could not work our way to heaven, that we couldn't create our own uh, system of righteousness, that we couldn't look at the old testament and look at the law and say okay let's start with number one i'm going to keep this and i'm going to be perfect we didn't draw up our own sense of goodness and say okay i think this is how we define good i think this is how i'm good enough to get to god and i'm going to do that and i'm going to get to heaven and i'm going to be born again and go to the kingdom of god how many know god says no you can't do it yourself you need a supernatural birth. God says, I've got to birth something in you supernaturally because he who is born of the Spirit, excuse me, he who is not born of the Spirit cannot see the kingdom of God. But there was a supernatural birth. And when we put our faith in God and what he can do, and we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, there is a supernatural birth in our hearts, and we receive the spirit of life that will take us from here to there into inheritance. Amen? So I want to start from the beginning and show that this is a picture of our salvation by faith. Our inheritance is sure in Christ. And we want to, how did Abraham obtain what he couldn't see? How did he stay strong in faith? How did he keep going when Sarah was getting old? How did he keep going when he was discouraged? How did he keep going after he made mistake? After mistake. Can I say that you can make mistakes and still go to heaven? Can I say that you can still make a mistake and repent and turn back to God and see God continue to work in your life? Somebody say amen. amen. How many know that Abraham, Sarah came and said, Abraham, listen, things are not looking good right now. You're getting old. I'm getting old. No promised son. Let's bring Hagar onto the scene. 
Abraham said, okay, no problem. So he tried Hagar, which birthed Ishmael, represents what we can do in ourselves, what we can accomplish in our own strength. Isaac, born of Sarah, represents the promise of God, the spirit of God, what God can do in his strength in our lives. Amen? So there are some things that we can glean from this story. First of all, number one, notice that contrary to hope, in hope he believed. Listen, our faith is going to be tested. There's going to be contrary winds. There's going to be persecutions. There's going to be opportunities and situations and things that want to cause us to lose faith in God in our lives. There's things that are going to come. The devil will make sure of it. That into our lives, that cause us to doubt the promises that God has made to us in our lives. There are situations that are going to cause us to say, God, I don't see this happening. I don't see how you can come through in my life. So it says there was a contrary hope, but in hope, he continued to believe. And notice that in believing, he became the father of many nations. The Bible says in verse 19 that he wasn't weak in faith, but that rather that he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. So there's weakness and there's strength. And God today wants us to learn how to become strong in faith. Amen? God doesn't want us to be weak in faith. God says, I want you to be strong in faith. And how can we be strong in faith? Well, first of all, it shows us how to be weak. And the Word tells us that if we continually consider ourselves and focus on ourselves, we will become weak. The Bible tells us that Abraham considered Sarah and considered himself his own body. And then he got weak. Because he said, I can't do this myself. And his faith grew weak. But then the Bible says that he turned and he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So when he turned his eyes to God and he said, God, I believe you are the author of this promise and therefore you can perform this promise in my life. I'm going to avert my gaze from myself and I'm going to focus on you and on what you can do in my life. That's when I grow strong in faith. You know, the enemy preys on the weak. And he wants to come and he wants us to be an unstable people. He wants us to be people that doubt. People that are unsettled. That are constantly worried and fearful about tomorrow. Constantly nervous about what God is doing in my life. About the reality of God. About where I go when I leave my body. He wants to constantly question that. But God wants to come and he wants to strengthen us. And he wants us to be a people that are strong and rooted in faith giving glory to God. God says, I want you to be a stable. I want you to be like a tree by the waters that gives forth its fruit in season. And how does that come? Psalm 1, the Bible says, the man who does what? Meditates on God's word day and night. He's going to be like a tree planted by the water that's going to give forth fruit in his season. I want to be that tree. I want stability and strength in my life. 
I want to give forth fruit in my season. Notice that we give forth fruit in season. God says, listen, I'm going to make sure that you're at the right place at the right time doing the right thing when you're supposed to because you are putting your trust in me and not in yourself. You are putting your faith in me and not in what you can do and of yourself. I was listening recently to Bill Johnson. Um, I saw on YouTube, he had a sermon that was titled, The Key to Emotional and Mental Health. Now, how many want to listen to that sermon, right? <laughs> Raise your hand if that's, right? That's a good title. I'd like to know, I'd like to know how, to, how to be emotionally and mentally stable in my life. So I listened to the sermon. How many know that, by the way, keep them in prayer. His wife, Benny, just passed um, last month. And, um, you know, when I read that, I just, I'll just share from my heart just for a moment. That, that, really, um, that really made an adjustment in my life. Uh, at that moment, I, they were, they're suffering right now. He'd lost his wife. And here, when I read that, I was in a place of just unthankfulness and negativity and, and just complaining about this or that. And I thought, God, I just want to thank you. And I just want to pray for that family right now. And I, it just became so real to me. They're in California. But when I go to heaven, I'm going to see Bill and Benny. I don't know if I'll ever meet Bill. But we're going to see them. And it's so funny, the internet kind of connects us with people that we're going to see in heaven. How many of you listen to a podcast or a YouTube video of somebody, you know, in a different state or a different region? I just feel this connection with them because I've listened to their sermons, I've listened to their music, and our hearts go out. But we're connected in spirit, and we're going to see them in heaven. Amen? Amen. So I'd recommend the video, but basically Bill encourages us to, and he said the number one weakness in the, in the Christian church is, and specifically the American church, is meditation. We don't meditate on God's word. Um, we, we leave it up to the, the new age and the mindfulness and the, the Eastern thought and the yoga. I mean, you know, there, there are even Christians that are pursuing yoga and Eastern things to bring peace into their lives. Can I tell you, God says, I want to be that peace. I want to be that strength. I want to be that stability. I want you to be a Zen master in my name. Amen? God says, I want you to be the person in that situation that has the peace of God, that has the strength of God, that has the stability when the world around you is falling apart. And it comes through faith. When we are fully convinced of what God says in his word, and when that word becomes alive to us, strength comes into our being. It comes into our hearts. I was talking recently with a, a young athlete that's a pretty good prospect, but young. And there was, there was, pra, uh, there was a, work, a practice and a workout. And, and you know, the, the, this athlete is growing and he's doing uh, in his progress. And there was another uh, athlete that came out in the same position and kind of just stepped on the field. Nobody's seen him for, you know, came out for the first time. You know, the coach said, hey, go ahead, you know, get a football, you know, and, and get in there and uh, let's see what you got. And, and, you know, this athlete was a little intimidated by that. And he was like, wait a minute, I, I, I thought I was in this spot here. And here comes this guy. we never seen him before. What's he doing here? And, it, you know, and it kind of aggravated him a little bit. And, and I, I was talking to this person and I said, listen, you need to come to the place where you know that you're ready for that position. 
You need to come to the place where you know that you're trained and that you could do it. You need to come to the place where that confidence is inside of you. When you step out onto that playing field, you don't have to be wondering, oh, gee, I don't know. I wonder if I belong here or not. No, you need to stay in faith and in training to the point where you know where you belong and it's in you. You're convinced. And that's where Abraham was when he received the promise of God. He was fully persuaded. Fully convinced. How many know there's convinced? And then there's fully convinced. We're going to have macaroni for lunch today. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's because I'm Irish, right? We're going to have macaroni and sauce. It's the last supper in my house because the boys are going off to camp. And Lisa said, well, since they're going to be eating camp food for a week, I'm going to make a nice pot of sauce and, and we'll make some meatballs and, and it's, we'll send them off with a last supper. And how many, listen, now I can eat macaroni and I can be satisfied after church. Say, Meg, I better hurry up. This is getting mighty long. I can't wait, you know. <laughs> so, you know, if you, if you see me going along, just go like this, say macaroni, all right? Just, just mouth it to me and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up the sermon. But anyway, how many know you can be satisfied or you could be fully satisfied, all right? Amen? Come on, somebody say amen. Now, I mean, I, I can have some macaroni and I, I can be, well, you know, but then I think I can have a little more and really feel good and open up my button and just, you know, get on that recliner and be fully satisfied, okay? Listen, God wants us to be full and be convinced of what he says in our lives. He said, I, Abraham was in a place where he knew that he knew. No matter what he could see, God, you're going to come through in this situation. And because I'm looking at what I can't see, I'm going to give praise to you. I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to praise you. And as he began to do that, he just began to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And the devil didn't have any chance with him, you see. The Bible says in James chapter 1 that a man that wavers is like a wind of the sea, driven and tossed by the waves. The context, and it's not Paul, it's James, James chapter 1. James says, listen, when you ask anything in prayer, ask in faith, in faith, not doubting. Say not doubting. Don't doubt. He said, I want you to stay in faith because a man who doubts is unstable in all of his ways. So God says, your relationship to me and my word will set the platform for the rest of your life and all of the things around you. Notice that in, that instability in faith affects his life around him. Can I give you a picture of stability in God? In Colossians chapter 2, this is an exhortation from Paul. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Watch this now, verse 7. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. God wants us to be established in him and in what we believe. And God's word is the way that it happens. J.I. Packer, in his classic book, Knowing God, points out that in Jewish thought, the Word of God and the Spirit of God are the same. 
they are considered the same. And he pointed this out, and I guess I never saw it, but how many know the Bible says that the breath of God is the spirit of God, and the word of God are the words that come out of God's mouth. So when God speaks his word, there's breath that comes out of his mouth. That is the spirit of God. And when Jesus was walking the earth, he told the people, listen, my words are spirit and they are life. So it is, and, and by the way, Jesus also said, listen, man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need to strengthen ourselves with God's word. God's word and what he says about our present and our future will strengthen our hearts as we receive it in faith. When the two disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus after Jesus' death, he rebuked them. Cleopas was one of them. I believe that was his name in Luke chapter 24. And he had just died and his body was gone. Now, I mean, what did he tell his disciples? He said, on the third day, I'm going to do what? I'm going to rise again. But how many know that the disciples were very discouraged in that moment? Why? Because they could not see him. And he rebuked these two disciples on the road and he said, why are you so slow of heart to believe all that was written by the prophets in the scriptures? He said, you need to be strong in that. And you might be saying, wait a minute, Jesus, you are walking literally next to these guys. Why don't you just say, hello, I'm right here. How many know he didn't direct them to an experience with him? He directed them where? To the word of God. And he said, listen, you guys by now, you ought to be grounded in this stuff. You ought to know that on the third day, the Messiah is going to rise. And you ought to know in your heart, and by the way, the tomb is empty, guys, okay? Where do you think I am? But you ought to know that I'm alive forevermore, as I told you. Say, as I told you. Can I tell you that your inheritance is secure? Your inheritance is secure. Say that. My inheritance is secure. We have an inheritance. It's incorruptible. It's undefiled. And it does not fade away. And it's reserved in heaven for you. Jesus said, listen, in John chapter, and I'm going kind of fast, remember the macaroni, John chapter 14, John chapter 14, Jesus said, listen, I'm going up to my father, and in my father's house are many what? Mansions, there's many dwelling places, and if it were not so, what did he say? I would have told you. I'm going to say it one more time. Listen, guys, I'm going up and I'm going to prepare a dwelling place for you. There's an inheritance for you because you put your faith in me, because you're going to walk with me, and when you leave your body, you're going to be with me. Because when I leave my body, I'm going to be with the Father. And he says, listen, guys, <laughs> I'm going to prepare that place for you right now. There's a reservation with your name on it. And if it wasn't so... I would have told you. Why? Because you can trust what I say. And I want you to focus in your life without the presence of me. I want you to focus on two things. One, on what I said. And two, on me with you through the Holy Spirit. I used to work at Teddy's Restaurant. And once a year, we would have a big dinner where you can't just walk in. Who's ever been to, you ever been to Teddy's Restaurant? 
I mean, you could kind of just walk in and have dinner, even on Friday nights with the fish fry. You don't need a reservation. But one uh, day a year, we would do a special menu on New Year's Eve, and we would take reservations because it was special. We would serve special food, filet mignon. Uh, you know, I took off my Teddy's T-shirt, and I put on a white-collared shirt, and this was reservation night. And I remember that the people would, you know, it's New Year's Eve. I want to go out to dinner. And they would show up, and they would say, I want to have dinner here. And we'd say, well, I'm sorry, we have, we have reserva- we're taking reservations. Well, I can see a table right there. Why can't I sit there? It's only 5 o'clock. Sit, we say, you know what, listen, I'm sorry. That's someone else's uh, table. It's got their name on it. It's right here in our book, and you can't have that because it belongs to somebody else. We have a reservation that's waiting for us in heaven, and God wants us to be fully convinced and fully persuaded that we have an inheritance in heaven with the Father awaiting us. Amen? I want to tell you one more thing, and I'm reading out of 1 Peter. The Bible says that we are kept for this very thing by the power of God. We need... God's power to persevere and make it to the other side. We need God's power to continue to walk with him on the earth when there are persecutions, when there are temptations, when there are situations that want to rock our faith. And we are kept by God's power. Pastor does this sometimes, so I'm allowed. Because I know I'm not quoting it right. First Peter 1.4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. Through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So when we strengthen our faith, God's power is released in our lives and we have strength to continue on with God so that we can receive the inheritance that he has for us. Paul was, and I'll just use a couple of other examples and then I'll quit. Paul was fully convinced of what God was going to do in his life. Please go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul says, and I'm going to begin in verse 9, that God has saved us and he has called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I'll tell you, if you study the Bible, you better study the Bible. Amen. This is a great chapter to study and to really break apart. There's so much truth here. And I'm just going to paraphrase it, but it says that this has been revealed, verse 10, by the appearing of of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Paul says, I was appointed, verse 11, a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. And for this very reason, I'm suffering these things, but I'm not ashamed. Why? Because I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded or convinced that he's going to keep what I committed him to that day. Now, what specifically was Paul convinced of? He was convinced that God saved us. 
He was convinced that God, he was, no, me personally. I want to personalize it. Paul said, I know he saved me. I know he called me. I know he has a purpose for my life. God has a purpose for your life. He has saved you. He has called you. I know that his grace has been given to me to fulfill this very purpose. And the best one is in verse 10. I know that he abolished death. Jesus got rid of death. Some translations say that he set it aside. Death is not a threat to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, death is not a threat to you and to me. When we step outside of our bodies, I'm sorry, we will be fully, more fully alive than ever before. Death has been defeated. And for this very reason, watch this now. Paul says, I am fully convinced of all the things I just told you, Timothy. I'm convinced that I'm saved. I'm not, not thinking about it. I'm convinced that God called me. I'm convinced that he's got a purpose for my life. I'm convinced that his grace is on me. I can't see we're getting happy all of a sudden. I'm convinced that death is defeated and that life and immortality are in him. And I'm in him. So, because of that, you know they're trying to kill me. And I'm writing this letter from prison. And I know that probably in a month or two, I'm going to die. They're going to take my head off but I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I, listen, it doesn't, it, it can't get its claws into me because I'm convinced and I know that this is true. I know who I have believed. And the last thing I want to say is I know who I have believed, not what I have believed. I know who I've believed. He said, I have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and I know him and he's faithful and he's going to be faithful to me. Can I tell you that the same thing happened to Abraham? He said, I know that God, he has appeared to me several times. Abraham had several experiences with God and he said, listen, I know he's faithful and he's going to perform what he promised to me. I'm trusting in him and his character and his faithfulness. David, same thing. David had a prophecy from God. He was anointed to be king. And next thing you know, he's running for his life. For 10 years, he ran for his life. Paul was chasing him around the wilderness of Zith. And when he was hiding in the wilderness, I love this story. David finds a good place to hide in, wilder in the wilderness of Zith. He was hiding in the strongholds. And God says, I want you to learn in times of trouble to get yourself up in that cave, right in the rock of that mountain where I am. This is a picture of abiding in Christ. The Bible says David hid from Saul in the strongholds of the wilderness of Ziph. He was up in that cave in that rock. And God says, listen, I know what the enemy's trying to do. I know you're discouraged. I know you might even be running right now. But I want you to come into my presence and I want you to embed yourself into that rock. Come into my presence, into that stronghold because I've got a stronghold on you. And I've got a stronghold on your future. And I've got a stronghold on what the enemy's trying to do. And you're going to make it in Jesus' name. You're going to see it through to the other side. And my promise to you, David, to be king and to receive all that I have for you is going to be fulfilled in my time. But I don't want you to abandon faith. I want you to strengthen yourself in my presence so that you can receive it at the right time. God has great things for us 
if we won't quit. Grab somebody beside you and say, don't quit. Stay in that game. Be strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Amen? Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at Rome Christian Center. Dot com.